Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Westella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 26th of April, the 116th day of 2021, leaving us 249 days until 2022. Today in 1937 in Guernica, the ancient capital of the Basque country, folks from town and from the surrounding hillsides crowded in the town square for the big open-air market traditionally held every Monday. Jose Monasterio, an eyewitness to the bombing, recalls, They attacked when there were a lot of people there, and they knew when their bombing would kill the most. When there are more people, more people would die. The they referred to were Spain's Franco and Germany's Hitler, who conspired in the planning. Hitler had a new generation of fighter airplanes, known as the Condor Legion, which he wanted to try out, and Franco wanted to break the spirited resistance brought by Basque fighters against his nationalist forces. Guernica had been the spiritual and political and cultural capital of the Basque country for centuries, and the new Nazi military tactic of blanket bombing a civilian population would prove extremely demoralizing. Pablo Picasso would later immortalize the attack in his painting titled Guernica. Tonight at 11.31 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, we'll have April's full moon, a supermoon, the first in a series of three supermoons, the next two occurring in May and June, respectively. Tonight's full moon at perigee will be 222,212 miles away and is known as the super pink moon because of it occurring simultaneously with early springtime blossoms of the northeastern wildflower moss flocks. April's full moon is also known variously as the breaking ice moon by the Algonquin, the moon when the streams are again navigable, and the moon when the geese lay eggs by the Dakota, the budding moon of plants and shrubs by the Tlingit, the moon when the ducks come back by the Lakota, the frog moon by the Cree, and the moon of the red grass appearing by the Oglala. Unlike the especially close full moon, which will be hard to miss, given a clear to partially overcast sky, the United States Air Force's recent press release probably escaped the notice of many of us. Of interest is this branch of the military's aim to be succinct and to the point about its mission statement. Previously, from 2005 forward, we taxpayers were told the USAF existed to, quote, deliver sovereign options for the defense of the United States and its global interests, to fly and fight in air, space, and cyberspace. Since then, however, to quote the Air Force, the domain of space falls under the Space Force. So that now, the more than 689,000 men and women who collect paychecks as members of the U.S. Air Force will operate under this latest mission statement, to fly, fight, and win. Air power anytime, anywhere. Good to know we're not being apologetic anymore about messing around with anyone we please. Meanwhile, these last several weeks of the spring semester have been just flying by so that some of the most important things a professor might relay to his or her students is a reminder to breathe deeply in and out. Now is the time more than a few students forget some of the basics, especially during these fine spring days within the opposing constraints of COVID protocols. Too many students are testing positive because they want to believe the pandemic is over and are dropping their guards prematurely. Alas, they are not the only ones. 
non-students also are setting us all back for the simple reason that once someone tests positive, that person is ineligible for a vaccine for 90 days, which puts things into late July for those folks possibly joining the immunity herd. This past week, the national COVID-19 death toll rose by about 6,000, so that since counting began last year, more than 571,000 Americans have lost their lives to the novel coronavirus. Some of us might remember Dr. Anthony Fauci a year ago inaccurately forecasting only a fraction of that number would die. Toward the end of last week, the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases worldwide was approaching 145 million an increase again of at least 5 million cases globally since the week before. And along with the escalation globally of those confirmed cases, the numbers are now verging on 3.1 million inhabitants of planet Earth having died since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Although we here in the U.S. have only 4% of the world's population, we consistently have had at least 23% of the world's confirmed COVID-19 cases and 19% of the world's COVID-19 fatalities. In other words, we're now at 32 million cases since the beginning of the pandemic and more than 571,000 deaths. Distantly behind us, India continues in second place having more than 16.3 million confirmed cases, an increase of 2 million cases since last week, and Brazil is in third place with 14.3 million confirmed cases. France continues in fourth place with 5.5 million cases, and Russia in fifth place with 4.7 million cases. Turkey edged out the UK for sixth place this past week with 4.6 million cases, though the UK is in a close seventh place with 4.5 million cases. Currently behind the number one U.S. in COVID fatality rankings are, in second through fourth place, Brazil, Mexico, and India. Today in 1933 in San Antonio, Texas, Carol Burnett was born to a father who ran a movie theater and to a film-loving mother who went into labor while watching Rasputin and the Empress and liked Carol Lombard's first name. Carol's parents were alcoholics who wisely turned over uh, turned her over to her grandmother, who would pop out her false teeth and render a toothless grin to make young Carol laugh. Later, Carol's end of the show tug on her ear was a tribute to her grandmother. But before that came an inpatient couple of years at UCLA, where Carol studied English and theater, then abandoning her studies for six years of chasing acting parts in New York City, where she appeared in Once Upon a Mattress and became a regular on The Gary Moore Show. Her husband, Joe Hamilton, produced The Carol Burnett Show, where Carol became a comedy superstar. She once remarked about a play she was appearing in, I'm in bed with Burt Reynolds most of the time in the play. Oh, I know it's dirty work, but somebody has to do it. Today is also the birthday of Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius in 121 AD, of prophet and founder of Islam Muhammad in 570 of Queen of France, Marie de' Medici, in 1573, of Scottish philosopher David Hume in 1711, of American ornithologist and painter John James Audubon in 1785, of Maine-born American humorist Charles Farrar Brown, a.k.a. Artemis Ward, in 1834, of the first female scriptwriter in Hollywood, Anita Loos, born in 1888, perhaps best known for her book Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, published in 1925, of American boxer 
Eddie Egan in 1897, of Chinese-American architect I.M. Pei in 1917, of singer Bobby Rydell in 1942, of Singaporean actor and martial artist Jet Li in 1963, and of Slovenian model and former first lady of the United States Melania Trump in 1970, and of American actor Channing Tatum in 1980. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the sixth official week of spring. <laughs>